Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's time for Cleveland Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Cleveland Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Jeff Mathias with Sauced Taproom and Kitchen. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, how you doing, Lee? Thanks for having me. I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Sauce. How are you serving folks? So Sauce Tap Room and Kitchen is uh, in Lakewood, Ohio. It's just a immediate suburb west of Cleveland. Uh, it's a small community. It's actually the most densely populated city uh, in the state of Ohio. So it's, it's just a lot of people here. It's a great place for local small business. We at Sauce Tap Room have a huge focus on local and craft beer, uh, 50 taps on draft. The food side of it is kind of like upscale bar food. Uh, we have all the things you'd normally expect to see in a good bar setting, pizza, wings, burgers. Uh, but, you know, everything's pretty much made in the house. We don't, I was hoping we don't have a freezer, we don't have a microwave. Uh, we don't believe in that kind of stuff. We want everything fresh and delicious. So, so now what's your, nutshell. what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in this venture? So my partner, Brent, and I have known each other for 16 years now. I've been in the restaurant business almost 22. Uh, we started at Champs, uh, which is now a defunct kind of upscale sports bar, and uh, got to know each other as friends. He hopped around the country, came back to town about five years ago now with uh, Yard House, which is a huge, massive corporation. Uh, he kind of recruited me to come work there after a little bit of time we were just golfing and uh we've been totally we kicking around ideas for a long time i think that's what a lot of people do you always kick around ideas you know, start a business yes yeah, why not you know but uh i think we finally hit a point in our life where we could i guess do it and mm-hmm. uh we were just sitting there talking he's like i have a i have an idea i want you to take it seriously and uh, really, the whole idea stemmed from a build-your-own-pizza-by-the-slice uh, concept. And mostly uh, it's grown from there. But uh, we started that back in October of 2017 was that conversation. And within two months, we had started an LLC. And uh, within less than a year from that first conversation, we were open. So uh, it moved quick. But... Now, how was it different from you, uh, you know, having worked in the restaurant industry and having been involved in probably seeing at least kind of from the sideline all aspects of the business? And then now it's your own venture and you're kind of making the decisions and it's your vision now that's going to come to life. How did um, like when you have a blank sheet of paper, how did that kind of form itself to what it turned into? A, a lot of conversations with Brent back and forth, you know, it, you take a lot of time to think and talk and just hear each other out. And uh, coming from a corporate background, it was, you know, you got a lot of, you get a lot of experience, you know, I knew how to do everything, but I never think like, there was no eight. I don't have HR. I don't have payroll. That's all us. We do this stuff. So uh, there's still a ton to learn and you don't, I don't, I don't think you can ever prepare somebody for the actual opening of a business. You just kind of jump in and sometimes it, that's the best way to learn. And then, um, so when you were just kind of kicking the idea around, um, how different is it in reality as what you kind of were dreaming it could be? 
Uh, completely different. I mean, especially at this point, uh, I mean, it's not completely different. You know, the vibes the same, the, the menu is the same ideas, but you, we've, we've evolved. You have to evolve not only when COVID happens, but just in general, one of our models is like adapt or die. You know, if you don't get better, somebody, everybody else is going to. So if you stay the same, you're getting passed. So we constantly have worked on things, whether it be menu service, ambiance, you know, just working in the community and kind of building relationships. Uh, you, you always have to be getting better. So if it doesn't change from your original concept, then you're doing something wrong. Now, how did that thinking kind of uh, apply to your craft beer bar experience? Like, um, obviously, you saw this trend coming and uh, you wanted to tap into it literally. Uh, so how did you kind of uh, kind of get on that horse and, and ride it so effectively? Yeah, so we've been in the in the restaurant business with with Yard House where Brent was and he brought me over there. That's a, a massive craft beer place. But one of the problems they have is that they just were not as able to adapt quickly, you know, and, and the tr- this business moves very quickly, like like many. So the trends, the the change to more local, uh, we get we have a lot more flexibility. We can we literally change beers every day, you know, and uh, we have new brands. We have new we work with local places, so many small places. We have we have, uh, you know, breweries that we sell here that people have never heard of and they literally sell all their garages. You know, it's uh, it's something you couldn't do at a large corporation mm-hmm. and it gives us that flexibility is such an advantage. And then when you are that nimble and you are able to kind of really immerse yourself in the community, that becomes kind of the secret sauce, right? It's harder for a bigger player to to really kind of immerse themselves like you can and know all the individual players at the garage level even. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's we have relationships with the brewers, with the owners of these breweries. We It's not like when you're working for a large corporation, you don't do that. They, you go through reps who have worked for distributors who they may have a relationship with them, but there's always so many levels to it that you don't, you, it's not personal, you know, and this is, this is a personal world. I and mean, we, we building connections is vital, especially for a small business. Cause that's, what's going to separate you. I can't beat yard house or dark, any kind of like large corporate restaurant on scale on their ability to produce food cheaply on their, you know, those kind of things, but I can beat them on connections. And you can beat them in treating your employees as part of the kind of the team a lot better than you can, than some of these large folks can, I, I would imagine as well. Yeah. You're, you're really handcuffed at a corporation. You have, you have so many rules that you have to follow. And you, when you're a manager, you have to, that's, you signed up for that. You know, that we, we were not able to communicate. We didn't, couldn't have cell phone numbers. If I walked into a bar and one of my employees was sitting there, I was supposed to leave, which you know, seems kind of ridiculous. I get not fraternizing, but like they wanted to keep that separation so strong. Uh, you know, some of the people that work for us, they're our best friends and family, their family, you know, they're, we care about them. And, you know, and that builds those relationships show up in turnover. And we like, we have more than half our staff is original people. And we're coming up on three years here in a few, you know, about four months. Right. Which is unheard of in the restaurant business. In the restaurant business. Yeah. We haven't hired nobody in our front of house has been here less than a year and that's going through a pandemic with us. Nobody. And we have like one person in the back house that's newer than a year. So it's just, 
treat people right, treat them like human beings. It's, I mean, it seems simple, but it, now, it is simple. It is. I mean, it, it, when you say it, it's like, it's like kind of like, duh, how else do you treat them? But it, some of these companies, I think they forget that and they treat them like lines on a spreadsheet that can be erased and then replaced. And that's just not going to get good retention. It's not going to get that uh, employee buy-in over time. No, and we understand, you know, we're a business. We have to make money. And, you know, we had that, we've had that conversation with people. It's like, yeah, I'd love to pay you all $30 an hour. But clearly, we run a business. We can't. We have to make the numbers fit to survive and grow. But if you treat them, treat them right, you don't have to. That, that, that's part of the equation, you know, whereas at a big place, that's like your one tool is pay. I can pay you. And that's like the only way to reward you or like, you know, here you can actually just, you know, listen, talk to them, appreciate their lives. It's, it's funny how, how much appreciation matters to folks. Mm-hmm. Now, um, speaking of COVID, you mentioned it earlier, how were you able to kind of manage it uh, now that uh, hopefully things are opening up? Um, I know that was a tough time for everybody. Did you make some pivots in terms of, you know, curbside and delivery and different things like that to, um, keep the doors open? Yeah. And I mean, if you, I saw some people kind of like, just almost like give up, like raise their hands and be like, uh, it's not working. And, you know, my business model is not, we're not designed for that. You know, we're more bar than takeout restaurants. So that was very much a shock. We had growlers, but that wasn't, and we really didn't build, we didn't have much takeout business. So we did not around here, you know, people were able to stay open for takeout, but we shut down immediately because we just knew we didn't have that business model at the time. Um, by the time we reopened, we had focused on, we, we bought a canning machine. So that added a, a new dynamic to takeout. Uh, we worked on takeout canned cocktails, which is something that I don't think anybody else here does. We literally make them by hand, can them, you take them home. They're, you know, three drinks in one. It's a, uh, we've always just kept coming up with new ways to help build that. And obviously there's, you know, the, the food side of it, we did things as well, but we need to separate ourselves. And the things that we did well before are the things you still do well, but you just have to find a new way to get it out there. And uh, our, our takeout business, of course, like everywhere else is up like two to three fold from where it was. And uh, when things got better here, which they, they're pretty good now, uh, the takeout business hasn't dropped off much. So that's just gained, you know, gained sales now. Now, uh, is that where kind of having such a solid team and having that kind of employee retention really pays off where you're getting the brain power of all these folks kind of coming up with clever ideas to just be creative and adapt? <laughs> you know, I mean, if you don't listen to people and their ideas, that you're just a bad business person, you know, like we, we get ideas from everybody, everywhere. Um, I don't even like sometimes, and my, my, my business partner is the brain guy. He's the one who comes up with the ideas. I'm more the execution and feedback person, but he'll just spit out a billion ideas. And every once in a while, there's one that you're just like, wow, why did we not nobody think of this? How is this never, nobody does this. Why? And, uh, then you work on making it reality and yeah, you, you gotta listen to everybody. Now, any advice for folks out there that are uh, thinking about taking the leap into their own business and you did it with a partner and it sounds like you collaborate really well and you each uh, kind of come to the table with certain strengths. 
Uh, can you share about how that dynamic has worked? Because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough road. Yeah. And I think that's the scary thing. Cause you hear a lot of people getting into these and then partnership goes bad. You, you know, usually when a partnership starts, there's usually some kind of friendship that began it. You know, you don't, you don't often just start strictly as business. You, you know, usually these people you knew in some other capacity before, so you don't want to lose a friend, ruin a business. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a gamble and you feel that, that pressure, but the really reality is kind of, you just have to care about the, the whole first and not be so it's not about ego, you know, and Brent and I are able to have discussions. We're able to have maybe arguments, but we disagree on things. It's okay. It's okay to disagree. You just have to find a way to always compromise and, and decide together. So yeah, we, we, we offset each other. Well, so the partnership works fantastic because of that. We both have strengths that each other know are each other's weaknesses. So we yield it to each other in those areas, but we also just kind of our friends, you know, we're just, we genuinely like each other and want to spend time together because you're going to spend a lot of time with that person. And it's another example of just treating the people like humans and not, you know, this idealized version of something or a perfect person. They're human and you understand their strengths and weaknesses and you know what you're getting into. Absolutely. So now um, that the pandemic is kind of waning, um, do you see some silver linings in terms of some of the stuff that you may have had to do during the pandemic is going to pay dividends, you know, for future you down the road? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, just like I said, the the takeout business is is still there, Um, but we've been able to build an even stronger relationship with our team over this time, you know, where a lot of places just shut down and didn't talk to them. We had the game nights during COVID. We, we've tried to, you know, just continue to be there and always be there. And when it comes to your guests, you know, we've had people we haven't seen in a year and I know that they're excited to come back. And I think they're getting close to that point. So there's dividends to come and uh, they're already starting to happen, but uh, it's going to be an exciting summer, I think, everywhere because everybody's just ready to get out and do something. And so, even though we've been pent up for a year, it's you got to go. We got to ready. Everybody's ready to go. We're ready to go. Let's go do stuff. And restaurants are the first place you go. Now, do you have some stuff um, planned out for the uh, kind of approaching summer here, spring and summer? Still a little challenging, unfortunately, to plan too much because you know there's still unknowns in our future. Um, we're, there's finally some events kind of happening where the, the place we have is on a major road um, that they shut down three times a year, typically four major events. And we haven't had one since December of 2019. So we're looking forward to one in August here that should be planned. Uh, and it's just an art festival. It's basically a giant outdoor art gallery where people come and sell everything and, and, it's one of the reasons why we like this spot to begin with. Cause that's, it's an amazing vibe in a small town, not a small town, but you know, it's not downtown Cleveland, but when you get so many people just walking around the energy and I love, it's one of the things you love about this business. Sometimes it's just that energy that feel when everything's busy and just you're killing it and everybody's having a good time. So we're, we're ready to get back to those. Are you, uh, are there any kind of drink or food specials you guys are working on right now? Well, we are working on always something, but uh, we are hoping to get a 
new food rollout here in the next month. Um, I guess we'll probably be releasing details somewhat soon, but it's it's a never ending uh, life of R and D food and drinks. It's not too bad of a, a life though. <laughs> now, if somebody wants to come by and check you guys out, uh, is there a website where they can kind of get a handle on what's going on? Yeah. www.saucetaproom.com. You know, it's really good for online ordering everything. Obviously our Facebook page is probably the most up to date or Instagram, uh, which are also the same sauce tap room. So lots of information there, lots of, you know, any kind of special updates, changes to hours, whatever we're doing. We're back before all this, we were pretty active. We were running events all the time. Uh, we would like to get back into that, but we're just kind of waiting till it's the right time. And we're hoping here in the summer is probably that time. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. Uh, you're doing important work and we appreciate you. Appreciate it, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Cleveland Business Radio. 